All right, so if you're honest, you're probably feeling a little bit overwhelmed right now. We've looked at so many different things. We've looked at marketing campaigns from massive, massive brands that have been working on this stuff for ages. How do you begin to sort through this stuff and work out what your prioritized order is? So Shopify makes it super easy for you to build your e-commerce store. But then what? Now, someone famous once said, build it and they will come. Well, that person clearly hadn't tried e-commerce. But with stores like Gymshark, Fashion Nova and Best Self Co making huge successes of their businesses using a Shopify e-commerce store, it's clearly possible. So what have they done that the smaller stores finding it more difficult to get traction haven't? Well, the answer more often than not is that they've got a great digital marketing strategy. Here at Exposure Ninja, we've worked with hundreds of e-commerce businesses on Shopify and other platforms to build an awesome digital marketing strategy. Today, it's your turn. In this show, we're gonna go through the process of designing a digital marketing strategy from scratch. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. So we're gonna break this show into three sections. Firstly, we're gonna talk about what an awesome digital marketing strategy looks like and what it needs to do. Secondly, we're gonna go through some live examples and we're gonna use some fantastic Shopify growth stories to illustrate the points that we're making and the different channels that you can be using in your digital strategy. And then thirdly, we're gonna turn all of this into a prioritized action plan and we're gonna talk through how to actually get clarity on what you need to focus on and exactly when. But first, Shopify. So when Shopify started out, it was pretty limited in its features and really prioritized ease of use over anything. And that made it really difficult for brands to grow big on Shopify. You normally had to graduate to other platforms. Well, things have changed a lot. And as my recent interview with Kevin Indig, Shopify's director of SEO, um, illustrated, Shopify are taking growth of their merchants really seriously. And with things like Shopify Plus, it's much easier now for brands to grow bigger and bigger on Shopify without needing to move to other platforms when things get serious. So standing between the beginner store and greatness is no longer a change of platform. It's often, what is the growth strategy? How are you gonna grow this business using digital marketing? Now we've helped our e-commerce clients grow to seven figures and in some cases, eight figures. And we know the importance of a great digital marketing strategy. We've analyzed, consulted with, and worked with hundreds of Shopify stores over the years. And of course, we've done our own deep dives into some amazing Shopify success stories. So in this show, I'm gonna share everything that we've learned to help you develop a killer Shopify digital marketing strategy. All right, let's talk about what a digital marketing strategy needs to do because a lot of people think that, well, we're gonna do SEO, that's our strategy. Honey, that ain't a strategy. A great digital marketing strategy has four key attributes. Firstly, it is scalable. Your strategy needs to be based on what you can invest in it right now. It's no good saying, right, we're gonna target these five channels and we're gonna go all out and we're gonna go all across the globe immediately if your budget doesn't support that. There's absolutely no benefit in plowing more money than you can into your digital marketing. It's a really fast route to failure. So whatever your strategy looks like, it needs to be scalable and it needs to be able to grow as you do. Secondly, your strategy needs to be built for your products and your audience. We're gonna look at some amazing Shopify growth stories today. 
but not all of the journeys that they've been on are gonna be relevant for your business. If you're selling a product that works really well for influencers, great, that might be a really good channel for you. But at the same time, if your product really doesn't suit influencers or it's more of a commodity purchase, that's totally okay. You might be much better pursuing search channels. So as we go through, we're gonna talk about the different types of businesses that these channels suit and how different types of business can use each one. The third characteristic of a great strategy is that it's de-risked as much as possible. And particularly what I mean by that is that it's not over-reliant on one particular channel. Now the road to e-commerce success is littered with the bodies of e-commerce stores that have only relied on one particular channel. For example, they've used influencer marketing, there's been some kind of scandal with their influencers and then there's nothing left. Or they've used only SEO, they've been hit with an algorithm update that wasn't favorable to them and then there's nothing left. So it's really important that your digital marketing strategy focuses on more than one channel and where possible, you've got at least one paid channel and one organic channel. The fourth and final aspect of a great digital marketing strategy is that it focuses both on getting new customers and selling more to existing customers. A very common mistake that new e-commerce brands can make is that they focus all on how do we get new people to our website? And what they don't look at is the money that's actually in their existing customers and their database. Now we're gonna talk about how to both get new customers and also how to sell more to your existing customers as we go through. Now before we start, I'm making a couple of assumptions. Firstly, I'm assuming that you know who you're selling to. This might sound pretty basic, but a lot of e-commerce store owners actually don't know who their target audience is. Now we have other episodes on how to identify your target audience, but you might also find that some of these answers become clearer as we go through in this episode. The other assumption I'm making is that you know exactly what you're selling. A lot of e-commerce stores sell a huge range of products, way, way wider range of products than they'll ever be able to market effectively. So you'll notice that a lot of the examples, in fact, all of the examples that we look at today sell products in one particular category. They are not trying to compete with Amazon. They're trying to build a very specific target audience for a very specific set of products. And that's usually a faster way to get traction than trying to sell absolutely everything. So grab a pen, we're about to start looking through the different components of your digital marketing strategy and some real life examples. Grab a pen. You probably don't have a pen. <laughs> okay, so grab a pen or the digital equivalent because we're gonna start looking through some of the different channels that might make it into your digital marketing strategy and some of the Shopify ghost stories that are doing a particularly good job of each of these channels. If you've enjoyed this podcast so far, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or follow us on Spotify. And don't forget to leave us a rating and review as well. We really appreciate it. And of course, if you need help with your digital marketing, don't forget that the team here at Exposure Ninja, this is exactly what we do. And in fact, we can help you free of charge. All you need to do is request a free website and digital marketing review from ExposureNinja.com forward slash review. What will happen when you go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review is you'll see a short questionnaire which asks you for a bit of information and background on your business. Once you've submitted this questionnaire, one of our consultancy team will analyze your website, your digital marketing, and your competitors, and they'll put together a prioritized action plan showing you where the low-hanging fruit and opportunity is to grow your business. They'll put all of this into a 15-minute video, which they'll send to you via email, completely free of charge. It's awesome. So head over to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review now. Alrighty, so it always annoyed me how when you're coming up with a digital marketing strategy, the people would always say, the first thing we need to do is work out your goals. You're like, I'm an e-commerce store, I know what my goals are, is to sell more stuff, right? Yeah. 
But here's the thing, you really do need to think about your goals before you start a digital marketing plan. I know that your goals are more sales, more profit, totally with you there. But what we really need to think about is how much profit you need to make. Now, as much as possible, of course, is the goal. But here's what I mean by that. You can grow a store much quicker if you accept lower margins. For example, let's say that you wanted to invest purely in just growing your top line revenue as much as you possibly could. Well, you could lower your prices a bit to make you more competitive and you could invest more in your marketing to bring you in more customers, even if you're paying a higher customer acquisition cost than you might like. Let's say that you're happy to break even or even invest a bit of money in your business's growth. Well, this will see you with a much stronger growth trajectory than if you have to make profit. On the flip side of that, you might only want to grow your business's profit and you not, might not care too much about getting loads of new customers and growing your revenue as much as possible. Now, this might mean that you choose higher product prices or you sell more expensive products with a bigger margin. And it might mean that you're more tending towards uh, leaner marketing channels, which have a much lower customer acquisition cost. And you're happy to sacrifice growth in return for a much larger profit margin. So you've got these two kind of conflicting in some ways, ways of growing an e-commerce store. You've got maximizing new revenue or maximizing profit. And of course, every business really sits somewhere on this spectrum. But that's the first thing that you need to be absolutely clear of is how much profit do you want to make? Because some of the channels that we're talking about will be of different importance according to how much money you want to make. So think about your long-term Shopify plan. Do you just want to flip your store in a few years time? in which case you're probably targeting higher profit because that's usually what a buyer is going to look at. Or do you want to buy and own a huge brand, in which case you might want to focus on top line revenue because that's usually the basis that investors would want to invest more money into the business or that you would eventually get. Or do you just want to grow a large brand, in which case focusing on top line revenue might make more sense because that might be the basis that investors are willing to invest in your company or that one day you'll be able to increase your margins because you'll have a lot of customers in your database. Okay, so let's talk about the three different pillars of your digital marketing strategy. We've got conversion, organic traffic and paid traffic. So we're going to talk about each one of these. I'm going to show you some examples. And then at the end, we're going to prioritize everything. There's a chance that some of this at times will feel overwhelming, but stick with me. We're going to talk about it all at the end, prioritize it and turn it into an action plan. You're going to be fine. Probably. Okay, conversion. Conversion is about how well your store turns a visitor into a customer. Here's the news flash for you. All of the website traffic in the world makes absolutely no sense if you're not turning any of that into customers. So the first thing that you need to put on your digital marketing strategy is a plan for conversion optimization. Now we've got other videos all about e-commerce conversion optimization where they go in detail here. But what I want to say to you is a lot of Shopify conversion rate optimization is actually handled by the Shopify platform. So a lot of things like checkout process is kind of handled by Shopify. You're not really going to edit that too much. What a lot of conversion optimization comes down to is actually how your store looks and feels. Now, one example of a really well thought out Shopify store is Endy. That's E-N-D-Y.com. Endy sells mattresses, which is a fairly competitive space and can feel quite generic. With a very strong brand identity, rigorous use of the Endy branded colors, and some great product photography, actually Endy does a really good job of differentiating themselves from competitors. If you look at your store, and to be honest, it doesn't really look world-class, then this has to be a top priority for you. 
the design and the first impression that your store gives is absolutely paramount. This cannot be overexpressed and it's worth investing in getting your store looking right. Now, of course, this refers to overall look and feel, but also your product pages. How detailed are your product pages? What does your product photography look like? What about the descriptions? Are you using benefits bar and key benefit statements across your site to make people want to buy from you and to de-risk the purchase for them? Are you building credibility through the use of reviews? Are you using video to stimulate more purchase? Now, again, I don't want to go too much into conversion rate optimization because we do have other shows which are dedicated to e-commerce conversion rate optimization. But if your store's conversion rate is low, and by low, we usually mean sub 2%, then this is typically something that you will want to prioritize. In another example of a Shopify store that does a great job of some conversion optimization pieces, blackorchidgifts.co.uk incentivizes shoppers to make their first purchase with 10% off the first order, plus gift wrapping and a free personalized message tag included on the first order. So this concept of buying your customer the first time is really key and is something that we see across Shopify stores that are successful is that they're willing to invest in getting the customer for the first time because they have a great back-end marketing funnel, they know if they can get someone to buy for the first time, they've got a good chance of turning that person into a repeat customer. We'll see more of this as we go through. So conversion rate optimization and building out your website to look good and feel good is a real priority. If your store isn't converting well, then any traffic you drive to it is going to underperform. But let's talk about some different traffic channels now because you've basically got two broad categories of traffic. You can have paid traffic or organic traffic. So paid traffic refers to any traffic source where you're paying to get people onto your site. For example, Google ads, Google shopping, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, TikTok ads. These are all paid traffic channels. Then you have organic traffic channels. Now organic traffic channels are usually focused on some sort of visibility algorithm. So for example, organic social media, where you're posting about your products or you're posting about your brand, or you're having other people post about your brand. You're not paying per click to get these people to visit your website. Likewise, with organic search, basically getting your website ranked on Google, this can be a fantastic way to grow an e-commerce store, and you don't have to pay for every click. So both paid and organic channels have their pluses and minuses. Paid traffic channels are usually faster to get working and you can get traffic onto your site much quicker. Organic traffic channels, on the other hand, you don't have to pay per click. So you can get a huge volume of traffic onto your store. Now, the downside of organic traffic channels is that this process usually takes a lot of time. With paid traffic, you're spending the money to kind of jump to the top of the queue. Whereas with organic traffic, you have to put the work in, you have to build up visibility over time. The downside of paid traffic channels, obviously, is that you're having to pay for it. So that kind of caps the amount of traffic that you can get. And in some cases, traffic can be very expensive, which means that actually it can be very difficult to justify using the highest traffic and most competitive channels. Anyway, let's talk about some specific pay-per-click channels and look at some examples of Shopify brands that are doing these very well. The first traffic channel we're gonna talk about is social ads. So this is usually Facebook and Instagram. Now, of course, TikTok ads becoming more and more popular, but we're mostly gonna be focusing on Facebook and Instagram as these are the largest advertising platforms and the ones that give you the most data about your customers. 
So that's why they tend to be most popular with Shopify merchants. Okay, we've got a couple of examples which I'm gonna talk through of Facebook and Instagram advertisers that are using Shopify. The first is Best Self Co. So Best Self Co basically sells a range of paper-based products from little card decks that you can play games with your loved one to um, personal productivity planner journals. And the key message of their business is basically about improving productivity and improving relationships with those around you. Now this is the perfect sort of business to advertise on social because their audience is going to be relatively easy to spot based on their likes and interests. Now here we are in the Facebook ad library and we can see some of the ads that Best Self Co have been running. What we can't see is the audience they're targeting and this is a really important component of Facebook or Instagram advertising but it does give us a feel for some of the sort of Facebook and Instagram ads that they're finding to be most successful. So here we can see that there's a video ad and the video has been produced by an influencer that they're working with. So this tells you a little bit about the strategy that they're using. And we can see Facebook shopping carousel ads. And we can also see from the dates that these ads started running that they're running a lot of different ads. They're testing lots of different creative. So this can show us that they're very confident this is a great channel for us. They're spending a lot of time and energy on this channel, which we can assume that it's working because they've been doing this for a long period of time. Another Shopify store that has used social ads very heavily is Gymshark. And again, we can see from the dates of these ads that they are running a lot of different creative. So again, we can assume that this stuff is working. Now, as for the angles that they're taking, actually pretty similar type of stuff. We've got brand produced video and images, and we've also got influencer produced content as well. Now here we can see that they're running some ads to build hype around a pre-launch that they've got coming soon. But we can also see that they're just running kind of engagement type posts where they're sharing a video in the hope that they'll get people liking and watching and sharing it, which then they can run retargeting ads to so they can advertise to people who've watched that video or it's just gonna increase the visibility and the followers of their brand. So a couple of examples of Shopify brands using social ads. How do you know if it's right for you? Well, here's the basic rule. If you can identify your target audience through their likes and interests, then you've got a pretty good shout that social ads could be a good channel for you. It's also fairly important that the product that you sell can be a sort of impulse purchase, i.e. someone can be scrolling through their feed, they can see the thing that you're selling and think, oh yeah, do you know what, that looks pretty cool, and then they can go through. If those conditions are met, then it's likely that social advertising should be something that you test. Now I'm extremely reluctant to say, yes, you absolutely need to be doing this type of advertising, even if you are the next Gymshark or you're the next best self coach, because every business is slightly different. But these are definitely channels that you should consider testing if those criteria sound about right to you. Now the other type of ad channel is search-based ads. So these are typically Google product listing ads or Google text ads. If for example, you search the term daily planner book, you will see that you've got some text ads at the top of the page. And then you've also got product listing ads down the side as well. Now Best Self Co would be an example of a business that would really suit targeting a phrase like daily planner book. So why aren't they running any either shopping ads or text ads for a phrase like this? Well, we don't really know. It could be that they've tested this against Facebook ads and decided actually that Facebook has a better cost per acquisition. But actually looking through the history of their spend on Google, it looks like they've never really tested that sort of strategy at scale. So that would be an option for them. It may be that they're looking to maximize their reach and their visibility on social first before moving into the more generic terms in search later on. 
If we search for gym workout gear, we'll see that we've also got two different types of ads. We've got Google text ads at the top and we've got the shopping ads down at the side. And you will notice that Gymshark is running both text ads and shopping ads. So we can see that they're being very aggressive about their customer acquisition and they're probably willing to invest a good amount of money. And my suspicion is that with their private equity investment, they're very happy to go heavy on customer acquisition get as many customers as possible knowing that the lifetime value of those customers is going to be pretty high. They're a fairly cash rich business so they can afford to invest in new customer acquisition knowing that this is going to build their fan base over time. So how do you know if search ads are right for you? Well if you're selling something that people actually search for then it can be well worth testing some search ads. There's so many different ways of doing this though and lots of businesses get burned by running some search ads whether text ads or Google shopping and they find it doesn't really work for them and then they're like oh that channel's just not good for us. Well just like running social ads there's a million different ways to run search ads. For example if you're selling gym workout gear you're probably not going to be targeting a phrase like gym workout gear because it's so broad you can't even tell which gender product to show because there's actually no gender behind that search term and you're competing against the likes of Gymshark, Nike and Lululemon all of whom have fairly deep pockets. So it's all about finding the strategy that works for you and then optimizing that as much as possible. Now the great news is for Shopify merchants that actually Shopify makes listing on Google Shopping a little bit easier because they can give you a product feed which you plug into Merchant Center and it all kind of works fairly seamlessly. Okay, so those are some examples of pay channels. Remember that we're gonna be prioritizing all of this in the final section of this video. Before we do that, let's talk about some organic channels. So remember, organic channels are things that you don't pay for every click, but it takes time to build up visibility. The main types of organic traffic that your Shopify store will want to get is search and social. Let's start with social first. One of the most common strategies for Shopify stores within organic social is influencer marketing. Now, I've no doubt that you will have heard of influencer marketing, but for the five people that haven't, this is basically where you get people with a good following of relevant potential customers for your business to shout about your product in return for either payment or some free products in the hope that their followers then come and buy from you. So I'm gonna show you an example of a Shopify store that has used influencer marketing heavily. Now remember, I'm not endorsing any of these products at all. I'm simply using them as examples of growth. Now Flat Tummy Co is a Shopify site that sells teas and shakes and nutrition. that sells products for people who are trying to lose weight. So it's kind of appetite suppressant type stuff and diet pills and that kind of thing. Anyway, they've grown significantly through their use of influencers, not least Kourtney Kardashian. So if they reached out to Kourtney Kardashian, they would have agreed a fee to pay her and it would have been significant in return for her promoting their products. Now those posts have now been taken down after a massive backlash against these types of products, but the strategy is you send the product to the influencer, you pay a fee, they talk about your product. Now there's this kind of secondary benefit that this can have, particularly if you're using a high profile influencer like a Kardashian. And by the way, I'm not suggesting that you use a Kardashian. They are the wrong influencers for almost everyone, but stick with me. When you use high profile influencers, you will also get people that want to be seen in that club. So this has led Flat Tummy Co to start a hashtag babe nation. Now, if you want to join the hashtag babe nation, you basically need to take a picture of you with their product and tag Flat Tummy Co. And then they might feature you on their channel. Now, because they've got a decent following of 1.6 million followers at the time of making this, 
That's going to mean that a lot of people are taking photos of themselves with the product and tagging Flat Tummy Co in order to try and get featured. These are essentially unpaid influencers because all of those people's followers are going to see them taking photos of themselves with the product and tagging Flat Tummy Co so they can then go and click through to their profile and follow them. This is a really creative way of kind of expanding the reach from an influencer marketing campaign. But in order to do this, you have to have a fairly significant brand cachet. This doesn't just happen accidentally and it doesn't often happen to smaller brands yet. This is something to work up towards. Now we see a similar thing with Fashion Nova, another Shopify store that has built significantly through its use of influencer marketing. So Fashion Nova sends out loads of products to influencers and has relationships with loads of influencers with different size followings. It also uses the hashtag, hashtag NovaBabes. And hashtag NovaBabes is now often used by potential Fashion Nova influencers that want to be kind of seen as an influencer for Fashion Nova, even if they don't have a commercial relationship with the brand. So when is influencer marketing right for you? So of course, building your influencer marketing strategy is going to depend on the marketing budget that you have whether you're targeting Kardashian level people or whether you're targeting much smaller influencers. But obviously it's gonna depend on the product that you've got as well as to whether this is the right sort of channel for you. If you've got an audience which is much more difficult to find, then influencer marketing can be more challenging because it's not obvious to find influencers that have a big audience of your typical customer. Okay, let's talk about organic search. So this is getting your Shopify store ranking on Google for when people are searching for either your products or the product category, or they're searching for information which indicates they might be a potential customer of yours. Now, SEO is one of our favorite traffic channels at Exposure Ninja for two very important reasons. First reason is that the traffic volumes you can get through organic search are huge. The number of people searching to buy products every day is massive. So this can be a great way of getting a vast volume of traffic onto your store. And some of our best client e-commerce success stories have been through SEO, where we've been able to get our clients visibility for very, very popular broad keywords about their product types. And it's made a huge difference to their business. In some cases, like I said at the start, growing to seven or even eight figures in revenue. The second reason we absolutely love search is the quality of the traffic. If I'm searching Google for a product to buy, I have what's called commercial intent. I'm ready to make a purchase. If I open Facebook and I'm just scrolling through, how high is my commercial intent? I didn't open Facebook to buy a product. Whereas if I go onto Google and I actually search for something to buy, then my commercial intent is much higher. So often a visitor from organic search can be more valuable than a visitor from social because they have that intent behind them. Okay, let's go through some examples. The first example we're going to look at is Fashion Nova. Now Fashion Nova has done a fantastic job of their social, but they've also done a brilliant job of their search and they're generating a good volume of traffic from organic search. In fact, SEMrush estimates that they're getting around 5.2 million visits to their site per month from Google. And of course, they're ranking for their brand name and they've got a lot of people searching for their brand name because they've got a good visibility on social. But they're also ranking really well for what's called non-branded searches, i.e. searches which don't include the word Fashion Nova. At the time of making this, they're ranking page one for lingerie, which is a massively competitive search. They're ranking top few positions for thigh-high boots, distressed jeans, 
biker shorts, biker jeans, even matching couple outfits. Why did I never think of that before? Is that, is that a thing? And this is gonna be a really important channel for them, just like it is for Gymshark, where they reach some sort of saturation point, where they approach saturation point with the influencers that they're working with. For example, it's very rare that someone of Fashion Nova's kind of audience actually doesn't already know Fashion Nova, so where do they go from there? Well, they can start targeting product-related terms like lingerie or biker jeans, and what's gonna happen here is they're gonna start picking up visitors who maybe don't already know Fashion Nova, aren't in the kind of influencer space, and maybe in a different demographic altogether. So if SEO becomes a priority for you, what are some of the things to look at? Well, for a lot of e-commerce stores, and particularly sites on Shopify, one of the main blockages to getting really good ranking is the amount of content on your pages, particularly on your product category pages. Here we see the Fashion Nova lingerie page, which is one that ranks page one for a very competitive term. And you'll notice that they've got this text at the top of the category page. If you click the read more button, you'll notice that there's loads and loads of text here. Well, this is kind of interesting. Why are they doing this? Surely if you land on this page, you know what lingerie is. Well, they're doing this purely for SEO. They're using related terms. They're using internal links through to other product categories. For example, One Piece Women's Lingerie. They're even linking through to non-related category pages which they want to boost the ranking of. For example, Tight Skinny Jeans. Now, of course, the other component of SEO is links and basically getting other websites to link through to your website. And Fashion Nova has a huge link profile with loads of different websites linking in. So this has clearly been a focus for them over an extended period of time. Another really important component of an SEO strategy for Shopify stores is your blog. Now there's a few different ways of implementing the blog. You've got the kind of inbuilt news section that you can have on your Shopify site. But what you'll often find is that the biggest Shopify stores and the most successful highest visibility on search have some kind of bolted on blog because the Shopify blog functionality isn't great yet. For example, if we take a look at the Gymshark site, we'll find that they've got this central.gymshark.com, which is basically the content section that they've bolted on to the Shopify store. Now they pump this thing full of information, full of content. And some of it is about Gymshark, some of it is about workouts, some of it is about products and styles, some of it is about health and fitness more generally. But this section really allows them to get a lot of visibility. And in fact, SEMrush estimates that just in the US alone, since launching this section in October 2020, where they had no traffic, by February 2021, four months later, the Gymshark Central section was picking up around 115,000 visits a month. So why are they doing this? Obviously, this is a huge investment of time and money to build a, basically a magazine on the side of your e-commerce store. Well, the reason that they're doing it is because their main e-commerce store is going to be targeting phrases around their products. So workout tops, workout leggings, best workout kit. These are all commercial related terms. What the Gymshark Central section allows them to do is to target phrases that are likely to be searched by their target customer but that may not know they want workout gear. So for example, arm day workout, Gymshark Central ranks position number one on Google for that. That's gonna be something that is searched for by a potential Gymshark customer, someone who goes to the gym, but maybe isn't yet in the market for gym clothes, maybe doesn't really think that they might want some more gym clothing. 
So what does Gymshark do with this person? Well, firstly, getting them onto the website in the first place means that they've got an opportunity to link them through to products. It means that they can show them some products on that page in the hope that they might be spurred into purchase. The other thing it allows them to do is to start running ads to that person, running retargeting ads, whether on Google or on Facebook and Instagram, to advertise workout clothing to that person now that they know that person goes to the gym and is interested in workouts. Pretty smart. So it's a great way of building an audience which you can then advertise to knowing that that audience is going to be relatively qualified given that they're not only in your target audience, but they've actually already been on your website. Yes, it was for something unrelated to workout gear, but it's still in that sort of sphere of interest. Now, for many Shopify stores, the real decision here is how you implement this content section. Like I said, you can use the news kind of generic Shopify implementation of the blog, or you can bolt on a separate blog section onto your Shopify store. Gymshark chose to use Contentful, but a lot of people use a WordPress blog or something like that because it gives them a lot more flexibility and a lot more control over this content section. You can have more control over the layout, you can have more control over a lot of the SEO elements, which are actually really important over the longer period of time. And you can also have a lot more control over some of the SEO elements, which can be really important to get this sort of content ranking for competitive terms. All right, so we've talked about some different pillars of digital marketing strategy, conversion, uh, different paid channels, both on search and social, and then organic channels, again, on search and social. Let's touch on re-engagement of your existing customers, because this is a really important component of your digital marketing strategy and something that you need to prioritize if you're not already. Now, every e-commerce store should have an email list and one that they mail to regularly. If we go on mill.com and search Gymshark, we can see the emails that Gymshark is sending out to its email database. And we can see, for example, that Gymshark has Gymshark Daily, which is a daily email that goes out to its audience. But we can see that they're sending a lot of emails out, even outside of Gymshark Daily. And these are often promotionally focused. We can also see the different iterations of these emails so we can see what they're split testing or different promotions that they're running to different segments of their audience. What this shows us is that they're investing heavily in their email marketing as a lot of successful and fast growth Shopify stores do. If you think about the relative ease of getting someone who's already bought from you or is already on your email list to buy from you again, this makes total sense. Rather than having to run ads and go out to new people and persuade them that they want your product, you can resell to your existing customers. And yet email marketing is such an underused channel for so many e-commerce stores. And we've got other shows which go into more depth about email marketing so you can check them out either on YouTube or on our podcast. But let's talk briefly about how you might get more email marketing signups in the first place. So of course you'll be sending emails out to those people that have bought from you previously, but you can also be picking up email addresses of people that haven't bought from you yet. And this is a really competitive area of e-commerce that is a big focus for a lot of merchants at the moment. For example, on Fashion Nova, you can see that they are willing to give you 30% off your entire first order if you'll give them your email address. Now notice how you can choose your preferences in products here. Women, men, curve, kids, and beauty then you put in your email address, then you get the discount code. Or you can click, I will pay full price to close that pop-up. Now, what are they doing with this? Well, what we can anticipate is that they're segmenting their email list according to these different categories. Why they want to know your preferences is because they just want to send me stuff about men. They might want to send my wife stuff about women. 
But there's absolutely no point sending me stuff about women because I'm not going to buy women's clothes. I've tried, they just don't fit. Now you might be thinking 30% off, that is absolutely mental. That is equivalent to or even more than my profit margin. I couldn't afford to do that. Well, let's think about what they're really doing here. They are paying to acquire the customer the first time. They know that if they can get you in their world, they can sell to you repeatedly. And this is really good for their margins because then they don't have to pay to advertise to you again. Now, collecting people's email addresses at the start when they land on your website also potentially allows you to run checkout abandonment if I was to then go through the Fashion Oversight ad products to my basket, but not check out, they would have my email address so they could email me back to say, hey, you've still got these products in your basket. Do you want to check them out? So you can see why so many e-commerce stores are happy to sacrifice margin on first purchase to get that email address, knowing that it can turn into a repeat customer later on. All right, so if you're honest, you're probably feeling a little bit overwhelmed right now. We've looked at so many different things. We've looked at marketing campaigns from massive, massive brands that have been working on this stuff for ages. How do you begin to sort through this stuff and work out what your prioritized order is? Well, we actually have a spreadsheet that you can use which helps you work through all of this stuff and helps you prioritize. It's called the 90-Minute Marketing Master Plan, and you can get it free of charge from ExposureNinja.com forward slash 90. That's the number nine zero. So go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash nine zero to download that spreadsheet. It's the same spreadsheet that we use, or it's a version of the spreadsheet that we use to prioritize our client campaigns. And it can really help you get clarity on which things need to go in which order. And also it means that when someone throws some other ideas from you, you can put them on your to-do list and you can work out what the priority order is based on the stuff that you're already working through. So it's a great way of kind of getting stuff out of your head and getting it onto a sheet. But I'm gonna talk you through the prioritization structure that you can use anyway, even if you don't wanna use a 90 minute marketing master plan. Which by the way, did I mention it was free of charge? It's awesome. Anyway, that's another story. So what you really need to do is take all of these different things that you can test and work out what your prioritized order is. Now the number of things that you can work on consecutively is obviously gonna depend on the time and energy and money that you have available to you. If you're working on your store solo, for example, then you're probably only gonna be able to work on one different channel at a time. Whereas if you have a team of people around you, then it's more a case of working out what the top channels are and who can be working each of those. If you're working with an agency like Exposure Ninja, then we will of course help you prioritize which channels are gonna be most important for you based on your goals, based on the market that you're in and based on what's working for your competitors. But here's the process that we use. Firstly, your conversion rate optimization is really important. Working on your website and improving its performance is so vital. If you've got a website that's converting at 4%, i.e. you're turning four visitors out of every 100 into a customer, well, that's great. If you've got a conversion rate of half a percent where you're only generating half a customer for every 100 visitors, that means you need to get eight times as much traffic to get those four sales. That means that any ad campaign, any organic traffic strategy that you're using is going to be less effective than if you're competing against a site that's converting at 4%. So getting your conversion rate optimized is really, really key. Now, it can be very difficult to give a kind of benchmark figure that you should be aiming for. So if you have any questions about this, request a free marketing review from Exposure Ninja and we can take a look at your specific site and we know ballpark rates for your market. Just go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review to request your review now. It's completely free of charge. 
but making sure your store looks good and converts well, that is the top priority. If it's not converting well, wouldn't even focus on traffic yet, I'd focus on making sure it gets to a place where it's actually generating customers from the traffic you do get. From there, we like to recommend that you've got at least one paid channel and one organic channel. The reason for this is that the organic channel can often give you a lot of scale. So for example, Gymshark and Fashion Nova generating the majority of their traffic through influencer and SEO. Now these organic traffic channels are great because they allow you to get large volumes of traffic without having to spend loads of money. The downside of them is that they require patience and they require a lot of time, energy, and in some cases money, investment into getting them working. But they have like a snowball effect where once you've got a site that's ranking well, you start getting a lot of traffic and you can put more energy into your organic search and that kind of builds the snowball as you go. So you might be thinking, well, if you've got organic traffic channels, why would you even bother with paid traffic at all? That just feels like a waste. If you can get all your traffic free from search, why would you bother running ads? Well, the reason that you would want to run some ads is that paid traffic can be much faster and more responsive. Let's say, for example, that you've got a collection which you need to offload at the end of the season. Well, you can focus all your paid traffic on that. Let's say, for example, that sales take a little dip. Well, you've got paid traffic that you can turn up to bring back those sales. Let's say that whatever algorithm you're relying on for organic visibility has a change and doesn't favor you as much anymore. Well, rather than watching your business gradually die, you can focus on your paid channels and that will give you stability while you bring those organic channels back up. So having paid channels in play gives you, I guess, a feeling of reassurance and stability that should anything happen to organic, and with organic, you're always at the mercy of someone's algorithm, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or Google. Should that algorithm change, you know that you can rely on your paid traffic to keep you going. So the next question is, which organic channels and which paid channels do you focus on and what's their priority order? Well, this is where it kind of depends on your business. So if you're selling something which is search focused, like people search for it, people actually look for it, then focusing your attention on search channels like Google search can be a really good thing to do. Where the sale tends to be personality led through influencers or it's an impulse purchase, things that people might not know that they're looking for, but if they see it, they might like to buy it. Then that can indicate that you might wanna go more into social to test to begin with. Now, of course, over time, you're gonna add more and more of these channels and eventually you should have a strategy for each of these and you should be putting time and energy into each one in the proportion that's warranted by their ROI, of course. But so much of digital marketing strategy is about prioritizing and saying, we can't do absolutely everything, particularly if we're in the early stages of growing the business. So what are we gonna focus on most? And this is often where businesses and marketing managers start to think about outsourcing help and getting help from an agency like Exposure Ninja because they realize that actually, do you know what? Keeping on top of the big picture of what's going on with each of these channels is a full-time job on its own, let alone working in each of the channels. And it can become really overwhelming, particularly if you're running a business at the same time or you're overseeing the entire marketing for the company. Of course, if you want any help with your digital marketing, this is exactly what we do here at Exposure Ninja. We both help our clients prioritize their channels and then we run those channels for them as well. The first step is to request a free website and marketing review from Exposure Ninja at ExposureNinja.com forward slash review. We'll ask you a few questions about your business and we'll then put together a free 15 minute video which shows you how to grow the business based on the goals that you've given us over the next six to 12 months and what your priorities should be. We'll send this over to you as a video by email. Did I mention that it's free? It's free. It's fantastic. Go and grab it.
If you've enjoyed this episode, then please don't forget to follow us or subscribe to us on whatever podcast platform you're listening and also consider leaving us a review as well. These really mean the world and we love reading them. You can also check out our YouTube channel where we record video versions of each of these podcasts and sometimes showing you live examples on the screens. They can be quite good if you're more of a visual person. Just go to YouTube and search Exposure Ninja and you'll see us in 4K glory. (laughs) 